Welcome back to the Horror You Know podcast. I'm Darren. I'm Ian. She's the kind of like the flown and take the dinner. I'm Ian. And I'm Trent. <laughs> you have no impersonations tonight. I can't follow that. I know. He's already incognito with the glasses over there. It's true. Tom Jones is his own headliner. He, he, he's his own opener as Ask well. Ask him what's new, pussycat. Whoa, 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 whoa. I love Tom Jones. I do too. Clearly. He is a smooth man. Yeah. You know who else loves Tom Jones? Not that bitch Delilah, am I right? Nope, it's that bitch Marge Simpson. Oh. <laughs> God, let's take, let's take a turn. <laughs> I'm glad to have you back, Ian Wells. Thank you. You know, it's it's hard to be on podcast when you're busy and bombing people in your basement. He admits it. <laughs> he admits I could it. T- I could tell you're excited to be back because as soon as he said, I'm Darren, you just were like, I'm Ian. You That's didn't right. even let, let him finish. Yeah. I will say... It's good to be back in person because uh, last week, last two weeks, it was rough. Weird as shit. It was rough. Uh, you guys caught me sneaking some Sour Patch Kids. Mm-hmm. I was thinking those are supposed to be my Sour Patch Kids. Well, it was I still have them. It was Trent's fault. He takes one vacation every five years. Yeah. Update to those who listen every week. Uh, I did end up catching COVID <laughs> the day after we recorded last time. I think we had talked about my kid having it that time. I caught it the next day. I was sicker than a dog. It's it's it funny because like you were you were talking because it was your episode it was it was your story and um, you were I was like he's been talking for a minute that's okay they're right over there I'm just gonna sneak over grab the bag try not to make too much room and as soon as I tiptoe across the room um, I grabbed the bag and uh, we we were on our phone so I had my headset in I just heard. A question. I was like, fuck, that's a question. And the mic's across the room, so I kind of like scurry back over like a mouse. And uh, you say, guys, you're going to answer the question. I was like, oh, sorry, I was getting Sour Patch Kids. But I couldn't help but think the whole time, the fuck was Trent doing? Waiting for your answer, obviously, (laughs) on pins and needles. Well, I'm I'm glad we're back in person. And I'm sorry I forgot your Sour Patch Kids. Good to see you guys. Good to smell you guys. Feels good good to to be back in the basement. Of Means Manor. You were in a basement Means last Manor. Week. We're drinking. I got some Line and Kugel Summer Shandies. Ian Wells has some uh, Bud Lights and yeah. some other stuff. Classic. What's your other stuff? Uh, brought some Smirnoff Red, White, and Blue. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. That's for everybody, right? We're going to share those. I have some yeah. Jack Daniels Punch up upstairs, too. No shit. Nice. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Go up yeah. and a man named Jack Daniels is ready to <laughs> punch your fucking lights Or off. you can enjoy Hello, we Sean. All like beers, you ready so. for this? Yeah, I'll drink it. I don't know if I'll drink that whole thing. So I, Ian William Kenneth Torrance the first McKinley McKinley Washington. <clears throat> every racist president we ever had, he's named after. <laughs> yes, um, a bitch. That's right. Uh, what is this? That's actually his third name. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. It's all one word. Uh, so I, I've got rum chata and fireball, and it makes Ooh. cinnamon toast crunch. Mm, nice. You would think so. Serial killers. <laughs> I like, and I like honestly, means I lied to you. My favorite. This uh, this summer shandy is growing on me. 
It's a good beer. I thought he was going to say it's gross. <laughs> no, I said that earlier, but <laughs> I, honestly, like I keep finding myself taking drinks of it. Yeah. It's it's refreshing. How can you not like something called a shandy? This is actually the oldest, I think the oldest brewery in America. Why are you looking at me? I have no idea. I don't know. I'll, I'll look it up. I'm pretty sure it is, though. Take your phone off airplane mode real quick and check it out. That would be a good horror you know fact. <laughs> Do it, Trent. <laughs> Do it. So you know what I got for this, this week? What you got? It's not the original movie we'd planned. We had to make an audible. I called an audible last night about like 7 o'clock. p.m. <laughs> yeah, I woke up to an audible from Coach. I was like, it's late in the game, but I got to make a play. Yeah, my it, it's my bad. I, I forget that my collection's quite extensive, and I was telling Trent, the collector, and he looked up the 1999 version, the collector, or whatever it was, the 2006. Collector. And uh, while that's a decent movie, it's kind of cool. It's like a Saul-type movie. Uh, That's not the movie I was talking about. It was the 1965 The Collector, and they couldn't find it on any platforms anywhere. And I think maybe you can rent it. I don't know. Yeah, We'll do it it one of these uh, days. Actually, we'll go back to it. I'm actually glad you couldn't find it because I completely forgot about it. So So I'm glad you called the Audible. Yeah, I called an Audible, and I'm doing one of my... uh, I wouldn't say all-time favorite movies, but it's it's if a you did classic say favorite. I wouldn't be mad at you. It's a it's a classic uh, serial killer film called Henry Portrait of a Killer. So we're gonna do that. You guys ready for it? I'm ready. Ready. Bring it on. So I'm gonna start off, start you off a quote. Ah, uh, uh, the Raven. Written about <laughs> quote the Raven. <laughs> quote the Raven. Squawk. No, I'm gonna, Ravens are. I'm going to do a, a worse impersonation. This is going to be Henry Lee Lucas. And this is one of his famous quotes. Ready? I got to get my eye going. <laughs> Left eye. Stank eye. I hated all my life. I hated everybody. When I grew up and can remember, I was dressed as a girl by my mother. And I stayed that way for two or three years. And after that, I was treated like what I call the dog of the family. I was beaten. I was made to do things no human being would want to do. Unquote. Now do that as Michael Rooker. <clears throat> as Henry. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it all my life. I hate it. I can't do it. Michael Rooker is a tough impression. We'll work on it throughout the episode. And see how- <laughs> there you go. Not bad though, buddy. Not bad. He's a good human being. We'll talk about him later. Yeah. I love Hope that. Hope you're dude. listening, Michael. He's I've awesome. met him twice now. Hey, and he's both times. He, he was pleasant. He your father, but he wasn't your daddy, boy. That's pretty good. Thank you. I think it's the shandy. You need to just keep drinking. Yeah, it's like, actually been roughs that. I have more shandies if you guys want some. It's actually gargling bleach. Right? Try it. All right. So Henry Lee Lucas was born in Blacksburg, Virginia in 1936. His father, Anderson No Legs Lucas. <laughs> no Legs Lucas. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Make sure I heard you correctly. You said Andrew No Legs Lucas, correct? Yes. Please no, tell me he no, had no legs. legs. <laughs> Please tell me he had legs. <laughs> no, he had lost his legs in a workplace accident on a railroad. That's, course, gosh, that, that was his nickname, really, though, for real. <laughs> hey, talk about really making the best of a situation, town. though. Going but, with the fun no, nickname. No, wow. nicknames you don't give yourself. <laughs> you don't give yourself nicknames. Hey, No Legs. <laughs> no Legs. <laughs> Please give me money. That's just I mean. No Can you help me get something off the top shelf? No legs. Hey. Yeah. That's just mean. 
Almost as mean as watching Will stretch across the table to grab that. It's going to trash him. Maximum. Effort. No, like that's a shitty thing to do. Like, and and the fact that it's stuck as a nickname. Yeah. No, no legs. I mean, like it's kind of like those, uh, like mobster names, like One Eye and Three Fingered Willie, <laughs> Johnny Tight Lips, <laughs> No Legs, uh, Johnny Tight Lips, <laughs> Little, little nothing. Penis He's Wills. <laughs> anyway, yeah. What is that? Loose Lips, Lenny. He had this accident on a railroad, a rail yard, and it forced him to make a living by manufacturing alcohol illegally. Which, by the way, he was also an alcoholic. So, is that how he lost his legs? Speaking of alcoholic, I think this is delightful. Just you like it? I do. It's these not are that actually bad, cheap. Yeah. These are actually cheap for a, for a case of these. Yeah, fourteen bucks maybe. That's cheap. Nice. How much is in a case? Three. Yeah, three, you, three to a case. He's out now. You Not each have nice. one. <laughs> huh? How much is usually in a case? I don't buy beer. Well, fuck. I got <laughs> need to go to the liquor store. Then <laughs> I got this 12-pack of Bud Light for like 10 bucks and some change. Yeah. But I don't know. This tastes so like you can buy like usually what it's like a six pack, but can't you buy a case of like you can buy a case of the bottle? Like are they in a twelve? You can get a twelve or a, a twenty four. I don't know why I keep doing that with my hands. Yeah, this is a twelve pack of bottles. Nah. So was it a twelve or a six? It's twelve. Hmm. You learned something new today, didn't you, Trent? I did. Learned all sorts of stuff. But I can definitely tell this is stronger here. than Bud Light, so I don't think that's a bad price. Yeah, Bud Light's not bad. Mm-hmm. I like Bud Light yeah. for for some of the light beers. Like I'll drink Bud and Miller sometimes. I won't drink Coors. Now I'll tell you all something I was introduced guy. to recently. It's called Dragon's Milk, and it's a beer, but it's milky like it sounds. <laughs> very a, oaky after is it a milky slit is, it tastes really good but this is the part I hate about you it. heard the band milky slits yeah they're amazing oh, they're I can't wait awesome. for their album to drop the mixtape is hot fire yes but this dragon's milk costs $16 for a four pet well, a you know why right because it ain't it ain't easy to milk a dragon with. I guess that's true pure dragon get you seed drunk. right there but one of these days I'm going to bring it out and we all have to drink one don't whip it out Wells we don't want to see it uh, I'm whipping it out you're going to see the dragon my friend oh he's going to release the dragon <laughs> he just whipped it up yeah. <laughs> you're going to get oh the dragon's God. milk straight <laughs> from the teat that's <laughs> so juvenile jokes on this show I can't help it yeah. yeah you guys assume I know how much is in a case of beer just because I'm alcoholic doesn't mean <laughs> <laughs> Okay, speaking of alcoholics, going back to Henry's dad, Anderson No Legs Lucas. No Legs Lucas. Uh, Still fucked up every time I hear it. This guy also introduced Henry, young Henry, to alcohol at a young age, as young as six years old. Jesus. From places I've read. Six years old. Uh, Drink it, you pussy. (laughs) Henry's mother, Viola Dixon Lucas, was a prostitute. As well as an alcoholic and ruled the entire household, which is a one room log cabin that they lived in was, now. Was he then known as Henry No Liver Lucas or <laughs> Wow. Not yet. Not Too, yet. Far. Right. Too far, man. Uh, He's a serial killer. Henry was the youngest of their nine children together. Mm. Now they had he had step children or like half half children because she was a prostitute. He, so she got pregnant. Half from, children because he was Half a man himself. He was half a man. Half the man he used to be. (laughs) You ever seen a machete fight? Oh, God. So when Henry was eight years old, he was beaten by Viola on the head with a wooden plank so hard he spent three days in a coma. Now, Viola 
would just rage out and apparently just beat the hell out of anybody near mm. kids, husband, because he had no legs, couldn't fight back. Yeah. You know, anybody she wanted to beat on, she'd beat on. And she was a really, really prolific prostitute, apparently, because she had nine kids and most of them were half. So illegitimate children living with him. But he was the youngest. Okay. And it, that was actually his dad. So he was actually. Her kids with no legs were half or. Like... <laughs> this is already a weird story. This is just a weird story to tell. This is you like... said he had half children. <laughs> yeah. Can you give me that name one more time? Uh, the father with no Anderson, legs. no legs, Lucas. Man, it just kills me. Man. This no family sounds Lucas. like this family sounds like, and I know I don't know if you'll remember, but do you guys remember that cartoon, The Oblongs, from like the yeah. early two thousands? I just saw something on Facebook about that today. Will Ferrell was the dad, and he's just like a body with no arms or legs. <laughs> Does anyone remember that? Yeah, that's what this family is sounding like. I to was me. thinking just of like absurd, a... like <laughs> hooker mom, weird half dad. Did you ever watch the Venture Bros? A little bit, yeah. Phantom Limb. He had arms and legs, but you couldn't see them, so he was just a floating torso. Oh. <laughs> Remember Damon Wayans' head detective on Living Color? Yeah. Right? It was just the a big head, head with the feet. He'd have sex with the women. Yeah. He's smoking cigarettes with little Mr. Potato Head hands. I don't. Anyway, you don't remember, remember that? that? No, I, just, I remember when he was the bum with the jar of urine around his. Yeah, <laughs> no, he had the, with the turd in it. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. It's like treating like a pickle juice. Like this. <laughs> yes, that guy. Pickle juice. <laughs> All right. So, when Henry was eight years old, he was beaten by her on the head with a wooden plank. Spent three days in a coma. <clears> now, I, I want to emphasize this once again. We're with a serial killer, and we've talked about this before. Extreme head trauma at a young age, right. along with traumatic experiences, spells disaster usually, right? <clears throat> Flirting with disaster, huh? You're not going to come no. out of this family. Not fucked up. Not at all. Mommy issues and all that. She also made him watch her have sex with her lover and other people. Her lover was Uncle Bernie. What? Wasn't an uncle at all. She just called him Uncle Bernie, along with a number of other strange men. She would also <coughs> dress him up in girls' clothing. For two or three years, apparently. Viola also later reportedly would pimp Henry out to men and women alike. So at a young age, she would let people come in and have sex with young Henry in a dress. So Henry never had a chance. Let me let me ask you a question. You're all young at this time, single, ready to mingle. See this woman. I don't know if she is, but we're going to assume she's she's a she's a very attractive lady. Very very pretty lady. I would she, say no, but okay. I like her already. <laughs> for the sake of the story. She takes you back to her place. Okay. All right. Sets the mood. I'm with she's you. got some Tom Jones on. <laughs> she's a lady. So, she's setting the mood, right? Then when you least expect it, she undoes your pants. Hear me out. Things get a little hot and heavy. You notice something out of the corner of your eye. There's a little boy in a dress sitting up in the corner. <laughs> Along with eight other kids. <laughs> <laughs> and a man with no legs. No legs, just like wobbles into the room. <laughs> Why is he not in a wheelchair? He's too angry. He just has to... So He's drunk. Let me ask you this. Do you keep going? <laughs> yeah, I keep going right out the door. 
I mean, we get we got to remember this is a one room log cabin. But I'm just saying, like, I so guess I guess they had to have seen exactly what you're describing. <laughs> I'd probably be worried exactly. that little Johnny psychopath over there was probably going to stab me when I started doing the deed. It's probably like when you go to someone's house and like the cat's there watching you. It's probably the same thing. <laughs> like yeah, that's like weird your too. cat. <laughs> like I was at our friend's house the other day trying on my wedding suit and the dogs were staring wedding at me. Suit? And it was weird. <laughs> I did not know were that they, part. Were they judging yeah. you? <laughs> it Marvel? felt like it. So really, I, this I guess, guy's gonna be in your wedding. I guess mm. my point <laughs> is like, <laughs> you understand? They were staring at me while I was changing because I had to change in this hallway. Oh. <laughs> Wait a minute! It was back like in a laundry room. He yeah. wasn't just in the main hallway changing. <laughs> so I guess my point, the reason I bring that up, is because like, what guy is going to agree to go fuck a woman in front of her children? A uh, sick bastard. I mean, you got to remember, this is the early 1940s. Yeah, but fucked up is fucked up, right? Not back, back then. then not I don't back know. Then. I mean, back then it was frowned upon not to fuck in front of your kids. Yeah. Who knows? When I was young, you fucked in front of your kids. <laughs> back then they probably thought it was good old days. Back then they probably thought it was okay as long as it was your second cousin, okay. at least. These kids are soft nowadays. I mean, I would say, like, back then, like, Rooms maybe, or houses maybe had three to four rooms at most, right? And the, the outdoor plumbing, or no plumbing. The outhouse? The outhouse. Probably no electricity in half these. Like, most of them wouldn't have had running water or electricity like in some of these. Because they were poor, obviously. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. It's messed up. So, school Pretty teachers complained about the cross-dressing. So, apparently, she was sending him out cross-dressed <laughs> into public. So school teachers started complaining about it. Henry bet on your dress. And a court order stopped the behavior in public. So he might have still done it for a little while longer in private, but he no longer walked around looking like a girl in public. Uh, Viola also shot and killed a mule Henry was given by an uncle. Uncle Bernie? It just says an uncle. She went as far as abusing him for accepting a teddy bear at school. So somebody gave him a teddy bear. She beat the shit out of him for it. So it, my point is, this bitch is very random with her violence. Yeah. Is that a teddy bear? And oh, sex. you're gonna you're gonna watch me get it now, motherfucker! Did you wake up breathing today? <laughs> you're getting beat. And who, get, who gives somebody a pet mule? I mean, what the fuck? Nobody I mean, even mentions that. If, if, if yeah. you're like trading it for someone's daughter, that's different. Like, here's a mule. Give me your back then, though, bring like, me your daughter. A mule probably been more helpful. I don't know for some things, I guess. Well, the old gray mules just throw groceries on it or some shit. Not what it used this to remind be. you of the jackass I think you are every day of your life. <laughs> now put on your dress. <laughs> put on your dress. The, the mule or both of you. <laughs> so when Lucas was ten years old, he suffered an accidental injury to his left eye during a fight with his brother. That's accidental. That put his eye out. The injury was ignored by Viola for days until it was infected so badly that the eye had to be removed and replaced with a glass eye at age 11. Gosh. So we're talking, I mean, a, a full year almost. Jesus. Right? By that age, Henry was already almost an alcoholic. His ha older half-brother and Uncle Bernie, whoever this dude was, had also introduced him to bestiality and animal torture. No. That's what the mule was for. Hey man, I feel like the story. I feel like the story is right. like every fucked up thing you could possibly think of. Is they're just throwing at this kid? Just yeah, <laughs> just when you think it can't get any worse. 
Oh, it gets worse. <laughs> Dresses up like a girl, has a glass eye, has is present while his parents have sex. Brain trauma. Henry, throw on your dress, put it in your eyeball. We're gonna go fuck these goats. There's <laughs> <laughs> no like like dads watching. <laughs> yeah. In 1949, Anderson Lucas. Anderson No Legs Lucas Get passed right. away from hypothermia after passing out drunk in a blizzard. What? Do you know why he was drunk? It's because he couldn't stand those bitches. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> I'm sorry. He couldn't stand up to those bitches. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. I, so does it mention is he in a wheelchair at this point? Is somebody supposed to be it pushing him around? It doesn't mention it. Yeah, just imagine probably, would he just crawl out in the snow and they probably they did, might did not they even have wheelchairs? I guess they had wheelchairs. <laughs> oh, this is nineteen forty something, forty nine. <laughs> wheelchairs. Yeah, but I mean, like, you watch the Changeling. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> just picture Lieutenant Dan out in the snowstorm somewhere. <laughs> just like, remember, like they I, were like I mean, they were huge been... too. They were like long, like wicker looking chairs. No. They, oh, were, made it, they made were made of wood, huge. very little metal. Yeah. Hey, maybe that's what the mule was for. He just put him on like a little saddle and he just rode the mule around <laughs> oh everywhere. Oh my god. Pull him around. <laughs> that would be all right. That'd be a I'd take cool. that right now. <laughs> like a Sherpa. <laughs> I bet that some yeah. bitch got carted everywhere he went. Looked like a little kid standing up. We're <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Anyway. Couldn't see him with a mule. <laughs> Age 14 or 15, by by his own less than reliable account, Henry had his first human sexual experience. Human. I That's love how pretty they say fucked human. up that you have to specify. Right, I thought he human. was human. I thought he was being whored out at 11. No, like his first, like. No, his mom was whored out. That he actually, like, that he initiated. Was... Oh, okay. I, I did thought you said that he. Human sexual experience. Men come in and do stuff to him. He did. I mean, that's rape, pretty much. Yeah. Molestation. This is his first choice. Uh, this is his okay, first, like yeah. So 14 or 15, uh, but it wasn't her choice. <laughs> he abducted an unknown teenage girl from a bus stop, beating her unconscious and then raping her and strangling her to death. Some sources named this victim as 17-year-old Laura Burnley, who disappeared in March of 1951. It says some sources named her that? Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't confirmed. It's just, was this probably. is him telling the story though. Like he, these are his confessions okay. that I wrote down. Oh, okay. I actually have a documentary on my copy of, uh, Henry, Henry portrait. If of you Sarah guys Killen. want to watch that documentary sometime, it's about 40 minutes long, but it's actually Henry Lee Lucas talking. I'd like to see it. Is, so, you got the box set. Is that what it is? It, yeah. It's like Blu-ray. It's like extras on the Blu-ray. Anyway, uh, the next year, Lucas received his first prison sentence when he and two of his half-brothers, so he was still hanging out with his family, were arrested for burglary. He spent a year at a school for juvenile delinquents in Beaumont, with which, it, with its electricity and running water, was a luxury compared to where he'd been living up to the time. So he actually thought it was a luxury to live in prison at this time. Or a boy Probably school. was. That's kind of sad. But uh, in June of 1954, he was sentenced to six more years incarceration for a dozen counts of burglary and was released on September 2nd, 1959. So his entire, from 1951 to 1959, he was in and out of some kind of juvenile facility or prison. All right. So it's almost nine, 10 year period. After two failed escape attempts, apparently he 
was sucky at that. Uh, where are we at? He moved to his sister's place in Tecumseh, Michigan, but Viola, his bitch mom, soon caught up to him uh, when she wanted him to come back to take care of her. They got into an argument that resulted in her death when he stabbed her in the neck, causing her to have a fatal heart attack. So the stabbing in the neck didn't kill her. Her heart attack killed hmm. her. And then he shot her. <laughs> Can't say I feel bad for her. Though he claimed self-defense, he was found guilty of secondary murder and sentenced to 20 to 40 years in prison. Hmm. Now, we get this poor little boy who had a father that was an alcoholic that lost his legs in a train accident that became an alcoholic because he had an alcohol business, making business. His mom was a prostitute that beat the hell out of all of them. He had nine siblings that lived in one room cabin. Mm -hmm. His uncle Bernie and another brother got him into bestiality and abusing animals. He had head trauma that caused him to be in a coma for two days. He got his eye knocked out by a brother after it got infected. He lost his eye and had a glass eye. Mm -hmm. Raped and murdered a young girl for his first sexual experience, according to him. Have I left anything out? And now he's all before he could drive. All before he and now, now he committed matricide. So he did what to a mattress? (laughs) That that'd be the easy thing. That's nuts. No, that's tragic though, man. He never had a chance. Now, here's where it gets stupid, because once again, I hate jumping all over cops or the prison system or anything, but after. Being released due to prison overcrowding in June 1970, after serving only 10 well, years damn, of We don't sentence. have a room for you. <laughs> Free to go. You're good. Yeah, but in the prison's defense, like, You're at good. that point, he wasn't that bad. He'd only killed his abusive mother. Yeah, to their knowledge. Yeah. Well, so they didn't know he killed the girl It's yet. like when the alarm goes off at Walmart, you're good, and it's waving through. <laughs> <laughs> got, like, TVs and, like, Xboxes in your cart. <laughs> it's like Henry standing there holding his clothes, and they're just like, we don't have a room for him. He's good. Let him go. He's good. <laughs> Wave him outside. He's all right. So he spent most of the 60s in prison, right? So 1970, June 1970, after serving only 10 years, he was sentenced to another three and a half years in prison for trying to kidnap three young girls. So immediately gets out, tries to kidnap people. Probably for bad and nefarious things. After being released again, he went to Pennsylvania where he worked as a, at a mushroom farm and got married to Betty Crawford, the widow of a cousin in 1975, but left oh. her when she accused him of molesting his two daughters. I'm sorry. I oh, just Betty. think it's kind of funny that, not funny, haha, but kind of funny that you said that he gets out, he tr- he tries to do some some sadistic shit. They go to send him back, and they immediately let him out again. Like, we just told you we don't have the fucking room. Get out. Yeah. So he's killed somebody. Tried Could to kidnap three girls. Could they not transfer him to another prison system at this point? <laughs> well, this is a different prison. He's now in Pennsylvania. I'm just saying, he like, instead, in of let, instead of being like, I wouldn't have the room get out. Could they not be like, hey, we're transporting you literally anywhere but here? Like, you still got to do your time. I just feel like the <clears throat> files or, you know, all the all this shit that he gets into is not following him well. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, this is all handwritten documents mm-hmm. from courts. And apparently they're not looking into them good enough. I don't know. Uh, the woman you're talking about, did you say Betty or Becky? 
Betty Crawford. Okay. This is a different woman. Betty okay, Crocker. I said Becky. I got Betty excited. Crocker. She went on to lick spoons. She, At this point, yeah, she did. <laughs> he started drifting around the American South, supporting himself through various odd jobs, and by his own account, began what became a long series of murders. Now he doesn't tell people this till later on when he's incarcerated, but apparently during this time he started. His murdering spree, traveling along highways and raping and murdering multiple women. In 1976, he met Otis Toole. Here we go. This motherfucker. That you're going to tell me he met Otis Campbell from Anti-Gravity. <laughs> yeah. Riding a donkey through town. <laughs> he was a fellow sexual deviant from Jacksonville, Florida. He met him at a soup kitchen, and the two struck up a friendship. Lucas moved into Tool's home in Jacksonville, where he fell in love with his 10-year-old niece, Frida Becky Powell. There's Becky. There comes Becky from the movie. Now, it doesn't... The thing about this, when I did my research, I I usually go on three or four sites. Yeah. And I start with Wikipedia and read the whole thing, and then I go to different sites and see how, how much that correlates, right? right. I try to not to rip off Wikipedia too much. Because people could change it. But like all these other websites, the problem with this story is nothing fully meshes because the motherfucker lied so much. So some accounts, like on biography.com, would say certain things. And I'll go to a different account like Screen Rant or something or Rankings.com or something. And it would say something totally polar opposite on how many kills he had, how many confirmed kills he had. So it, it's kind of weird. The truth lies somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The truth lies. I really don't know where the truth lies. So I'm going to tell you some of the research I've got from this point on. But So everything is alleged. I mean, he de- definitely got convicted of a certain amount of murders. Yeah. But they don't know exactly how many they were out there. But if you listen to him and you listen to Otis, <clears throat> they were two of the most prolific serial killers of all time. Well, Otis was a sick bastard. Alleged. So we don't know. Okay, so from 1979 to 1981, Lucas and Tool worked together at a roofing company. Some sources claim they had a homosexual relationship. Mm. I read in other accounts that they definitely were homosexual with each other. And that Otis was a homosexual, and I think Henry at, just did whatever he wanted to do. So this point like, after, yeah, you know, animals and else kids. Then, yeah, and I don't think he cared. Won't do. It's just sex. So Lucas later claimed to have committed hundreds of murders during that time, 108 of which were committed together with Tool, sometimes on the orders of a satanic cannibalistic cult that he quoted <clears throat> calling the Hands of Death. So apparently they were working with a satanic cult. More than likely, there's no evidence of that. More than likely, that was a big lie. I I, I feel like that's bullshit. Yeah. He also claimed that Tool's preferred MO, which he actually like talks about what a modus operandi is in the movie, and he says that's Latin, right? He actually says that in an interview. So they used that actually from an interview that Henry Lee Lucas did. Uh in these killings was to crucify victims, then barbecue and eat them. Though none of the known murders he confessed confessed to were actually committed that way. Lucas claimed that he never took part in these acts himself because he didn't like barbecue sauce. 
<laughs> Can't blame you there, Lucas. Well, can't blame you there. Who doesn't like barbecue sauce? Not I. I like it. You don't like barbecue he, sauce? No. He hates it. Not a fan. Just when I thought this guy couldn't make me more sick. Absolutely. <laughs> you talking about Trent or Henry? Of course, in his defense, he hadn't been introduced to Sweet Baby Rays at the time. I was say, who's, Baby Rays. He could have been changed. Stubbs is good. Who's the bigger offender, know. Henry or me? <laughs> in your mind. Hmm. <laughs> I'm to think if it's a that. good barbecue sauce, I might eat some human <laughs> well, flesh. I ain't gonna lie. Henry doesn't like barbecue sauce and killed people, so I mean, I've at least got that. Up you know, on. we don't know exactly what we would do, do we, until we get in that situation because none of us have ever been that hungry where you even had to think about it. Like, you that. don't know that. This dude had to, I mean, he didn't have to be that hungry. He could have just stole their money and <laughs> went up to McDonald's. <laughs> That's true. Fucking ate a, a rump roast with barbecue sauce, a yeah. literal rump roast. Can I get a... Oh, he was eating rump for it. <laughs> That's right. Instead of chicken finger. Can I get a six-piece human finger and, um... Let's see. Side of pinky toe. You want pinky some? Toe. Oh, is that barbecue? I love how... Oh, I love how when he's telling the story, though, he's like, oh, I would have taken part, but... Hughes barbecue sauce. It's like, oh, that's <laughs> disgusting. Like, no. oh, you. I'm more of a ranch guy. I put ranch on my sauce. fingers. It's like that's disgusting. Like, you, oh, honey you, don't, you don't eat human fingers. Oh no, I don't eat barbecue sauce. <laughs> that stuff will kill you. Okay, so shortly after Henry, Otis, and Becky moved to Stoneburg, Texas. Ah, Stoneburg. So they went from Jacksonville to Stoneburg, Texas. Uh, Becky. Uh, who he had become smitten with and sexually active with Lucas had become feeling homesick. He agreed to move to Florida with her and they ran away together. So after a few years of being with tool, he moved away with his probably at the time, 13 year old niece, niece, I guess. I don't know. Niece. Uh, tool was left behind and he later claimed he was so enraged that he spent a little over a year killing a total of nine people in six different states. Now, what's I'm so mad at Henry, I'm going to kill all these other random people. <laughs> That'll show him. Well, that also shows that they probably had a homosexual relationship. He was a little bit jealous. I love her scorn. Chose his like little niece yeah. over him. Right. Lucas got a job working for an elderly woman named Kate Rich in Texas. The three began living together. Lucas and Becky were later kicked out. So he, he went to Florida again. Now he's back in Texas. So he's just hopping around quite a bit. The three began living together. Lucas and Becky were later kicked out by her neighbors when it was found out he had been cashing checks written in Kate's name. They found a brief home at the House of Prayer, a Pentecostal commune in the area. The head of the group, Reuben Moore, gave Lucas and Becky, who claimed to be a married couple, a shack to live in and hired Lucas as a roofer. On August 21st or 24th, 1982, he drove with Becky to a field in Denton, Texas and killed her, dismembered her body and scattered her pieces in a nearby field. Poor Becky. Now, I want to remind you how random this shit is. Like... Yeah. He kind of loved her, maybe, because he ran away with her. So that's a fact. But then that happened he, to Becky. He killed her, and he was commit. He was uh, convicted of this murder. So three weeks later, on September sixteenth, he convinced Kate Rich to join him. And this is an old woman, right? Yeah. To join him in a search for Becky, killing her in Ringgold, Texas, on a camping ground and stuffing the body in a drainage pipe near the road. 
He later came back and repeatedly raped the corpse. Wow. So he pulled the corpse out of the drain pipe and raped it multiple times, apparently. Okay. So I'm not trying to get too into the movie right now because we're not there yet, but I'm just trying to understand why if this is like a fact that he did this to Becky, why in the movie was it like only hinted that he killed her? Well, the movie's just inspired by him, and it doesn't tell really much of the actual story. Yeah, and the director—I thought it was pretty. The director says that. I mean, I, I know it wasn't like you don't see a body, but I I thought it was fairly heavily implied. I thought it was very fairly obvious. Well, I mean, it wasn't ambiguous. Blood all over the handle. Well, I think what Wells is asking is why are we implying and not just flat out saying? Well, well, I was just saying, like, just judging from the movie, because I didn't know the real story, obviously. I thought that maybe like Becky's fate was like up in there, like they weren't sure what happened to her, but it sounds like they know exactly what happened to her. Yeah. Yeah. I I think the way they presented it in the movie, which we'll talk about later a little bit more, but it's more about the randomness of his killings. Like he tells her he loves her yeah. right before that, you know, and they go to that hotel running away together. And then she ends up in a suitcase in the middle of a field. I hate when that happens. I hate it. All right, we can come back to that later. I'm sorry. I I was just. That's a good point, though. Thank you. So after drifting for a month, he returned back to the house of prayer where he spent his last days as a free man. Upon learning that he was a suspect in Rich's disappearance, he returned to the body, took it to the house of prayer, and, and incinerated it in a stove. At that little place that they gave him to live, which is basically literally a rundown shack with like holes in the ceiling and everything else. And I did see that him talking about it on the interview I was telling you guys about earlier. He said it stunk so bad that he had to take the stove and everything out of the uh, house and burn it outside. I'm sure. So like he burnt all the pieces of that woman in that. All right. And the ventilation probably wasn't all that back then. He took a polygraph test and ended up passing it somehow, which shows you what the fuck polygraphs do. Mm-hmm. On June 11th, the following year, Lucas was arrested for an illegal firearm possession because he was a convicted uh, murderer at the time. What about these a- murderers always get caught for like the dumbest shit? Yeah. They don't actually Parking ever get caught tickets. for murders. <laughs> they just get caught for stupid yeah. shit that they don't, I don't know. You'd think they'd be more careful, but obviously he does not care. And I don't think his I like I saw something on one of the websites where their IQs, uh, Otis Tools was seventy, and his was seventy five. So they were pretty low IQs. So anyway, he was eventually charged with Rich Riches and Becky's murder, but later claimed he had confessed to them in order to escape the harsh treatment he was endured by the Texas Rangers. Bone fragments presumed to be Riches were found in the stove at the house of prayer. Skeletal remains of the same sex and approximate age as Becky were found in the field where Lucas claimed to have killed her. Though the coroner could not positively identify them as those who he claimed them to be. After four days in jail, Lucas pleaded guilty to the two murders in court and shocked everyone by claiming to have committed over a hundred additional murders. Over the following year and a half, he kept pouring out confessions to hundreds of murders, Eventually reaching close to the number of 600 plus. That's, nah. that's a little exaggerated. Yeah, I mean, come on. 
here's the here's the thing about that. Like, uh, I'll, I'll say that here in a second. Anyway, uh, a Lucas Task Force. This is actually a task force oh, by task the Texas. Force. Okay. Yeah, it's like the Space Force that Trump like created. The, is, <laughs> does fucking nothing. Like the Omega Task Force. <laughs> yes. This is led by the Texas Rangers. Now, when you watch this documentary, in your mind, you're hearing Texas the baseball Rangers. Players? He's talking about Walker. What, what are you thinking? You're thinking Walker, Texas Walker, Ranger. Texas, yeah. You're thinking the these dudes are Ranger badass. Are you. And you get fucking a Texas Ranger on your ass. Chuck Norris on a horse. Getting getting kicked, kicked, getting roundhouse kicked in He's going to roundhouse kick you in the left cheek. <laughs> yeah, he is. Well, no. Texas Rangers are a bunch of fucking idiots if you watch this documentary. I'm not even joking. Like Somebody said to me the other day. Fat uh, donut dudes that need to be sitting behind they, a desk Did they somewhere. try to tell Henry he yeed his last all? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Somebody was talking to me about Walker the other day, and they're like, yeah, he don't even carry a gun. I was like, pretty sure he does carry a revolver. He just never uses He's it. He's got two of them. They're attached to his shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> He's got one tucked under his beard, too. That's true. I can't believe that there were more than one person that actually watched that damn show. I love really? that show. Walker, Texas Ranger? I love everything that Chuck Norris did. Yeah, it's cheesy I'm as fuck, huge, but... I used to watch it as a kid, way... but I tried to watch it recently. I was like, God... Watch the it's new bad. one with Jared Padalecki in it. It's pretty good. I hear that one's pretty bad, too. Did it's you ever watch bad. The Octagon? Like, I'm older than you guys, but this guy was a hero when I was little. The only he Octagon I know is that ever drive in. I'll let, you, I'll let you borrow Are mine. Are you talking about Charles Norris in The Charles Octagon? Charles Chuck Norris. <laughs> Charlie Norris? Oh, what was that Chuck Norris movie where he was like, the little kid would keep like imagining him at his karate tournament? Sidekicks. Yes. I like that movie. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. That's when you guys were young, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Mid 80s, late 80s. Mm-hmm. Can't forget his role in Dodgeball. Fucking Chuck Norris. <laughs> <laughs> I won that tournament. <laughs> so in November, he was transferred to William County, Texas, where he confessed to a more two, more than 213 unsolved murders in that county or in the, uh, while he was in that county. Uh, over time, he his confessions kept on coming, so authorities flew him across states where he was allowed to stay in motels, was served steak and milkshakes, treated like a celebrity, and among the murders he confessed to was the death penalty of, or the death of patrolman Clemen, Clemmy, I'm sorry, Clemmy Curtis in West Virginia, which had pre- previously been deemed a suicide. Eventually, a detective from Dallas, Texas, who felt uncertain as to whether Lucas's claims were true, made up some crimes to see if he would confess to them as well, which he did. Another detective, Linda Irwin from Dallas, did the same thing with the same exact results. Now, and there was also a newspaper in Dallas that like started bringing to light some of the inconsistencies because some of the stuff that he was claiming to have done, especially with Tool, they would have had to have driven like hundreds of miles a day, committed two to three murders, and then left and driven hundreds of miles again. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no possible way they could have done it, right? How long did his killing spree go on for? Did you already say that? We don't actually know. That's the problem. So I was just going to say, like, 600 kills. I, I got to imagine that's a whole lot of work. Like, the whole point to this is he's a fucking liar. I mean, that's I nothing to Ian Wells, I know. That's like, just got to be like... Jump change. You got to be like, that guy, I'm Rick and Morty here. I go kill him again, and that's all he does. Just kill people all day long. So his claims soon became increasingly outlandish. He told authorities about the hands of death, which is the cult, and he claimed to have supplied the poison used 
and the mass suicide of the People's Temple in Jonestown. So, apparently he was <laughs> so prolific he killed all the people in Jonestown. And he claimed to have committed additional murders in Japan and Spain, even though he had never left the country. He also was said to have killed Jimmy Hoffa. Just everything they asked him. Yeah, about. I did it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get I, him. Yeah, I get him. What about saying, look, yeah. me, look me directly in the eye and tell me I'm lying. <laughs> Which I, uh, yeah, you're lying. <laughs> the media soon claimed that the whole Lucas affair was a hoax by law enforcement to clear up some unsolved crimes. The, that's what's funny is this task force with these rangers, quote unquote, they were just going with it and they were letting him go to different courthouses and say, yeah, I did that one. I did that one. And it was one of those things where he would, they would even, they were accused of even giving him like crime scene photos and crime scene things and then asking him questions. And he was just telling them what they wanted to hear. That's like, you no, know, maybe go ahead. <laughs> that's like the Zodiac killer. Um, taking credit for all those like, like hundreds of murders and uh they call him out and say like most of these were in the paper like he could have easily saw these yeah. and be like yeah, i did that because all those murders were unsolved at the time and he was just taking credit for all these and it kind of reminds me of the same thing he's just like like trent says like hey, this guy died three counties over oh, i know well you then killed him yeah so it's like any any death was like he, like Jesus Christ, <laughs> me? Who you, who you think crucified him? That's me. I think maybe we're underestimating Henry and his seventy-five IQ. Maybe he's onto something here. Confess to every possible killing, and then they'll just think you're full of shit, and they won't even think you killed the original people. No, nah, man, they're sitting there at that dude See? like he's full of shit, man. This motherfucker's definitely and confess to everything, <laughs> and then it's like the boy who killed the wolf. You know, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> So the well, that, like you said, the Texas Rangers don't seem that bright anyway. So it's like, oh, he's confessing, but like really, he's actually hurting your case. Well, so the Texas Attorney General's office ordered a study comparing a reliable timeline of Lucas's whereabouts based on work records, prison records, etc., to the murders he confessed to. In most cases, his claims were found to have been contradictory. Last. Among the murders he had confessed to was that of a Virginia school teacher who turned out to actually be alive. Mm. She just wow. ran away. Did you kill this teacher? Yeah, I killed her. <laughs> well, that's funny. Come out here, Mrs. Dingleberry. Uh, <laughs> why is her name Dingleberry? I, don't know. I guess I didn't kill her good enough. <laughs> At one point, an article in the Dallas Times Herald pointed out that in order for the timeline to his legend crimes to work, Lucas would have had to travel 11,000 miles. That's what it was. 11,000 miles, more than four times the width of the U.S. continent in his 13-year-old station wagon in just a month. He did it. Mm. He'd do it again, too. In the end, Lucas was found guilty of just nine murders. Of being full of shit. In Texas, including those of Becky Powell and Kate Rich, and the killing of Officer Curtis in West Virginia. So he actually did, well, was proven to do those. That was more than enough in Texas, because he was going to get the death penalty oh, everywhere. Yeah. He received a death sentence for the 1979 murder of an unidentified woman in Texas known as the Orange Socks Lady. After the only piece of clothing on the body they found was orange socks. This, however, was one murder he couldn't have committed as work records show that he was working as a roofer in Florida at the time. So he, he was got terrified of orange socks. Plot twist, the socks came off of no legs as legs. He got convicted of a woman that he couldn't have murdered 
later on with his work records when they found that out. But they already convicted him. They, they didn't give a shit. He soon began recanting his many confessions, admitting only to having killed his mother, Becky Powell, and Kate Rich. <laughs> I said, did I say I killed all those people? <laughs> Though he once, what I meant was I didn't do it. Though he once stated flatly that he was not a serial killer in 1998, six days before his execution, his death sentence was commuted to life imprisonment by then-Governor George W. Bush. On March 13, 2001, Lucas died in prison from heart failure. Age 64, he was buried at Captain Joe Bird Cemetery in Huntsville, Texas. And then he's in an unmarked grave because people were stealing his shit. But was he a serial killer or was he a spree killer? <laughs> got quiet. The, the definition of serial killer would make him a serial killer because it's three or more in random acts of violence. He wasn't a spree killer because he didn't go out and just do it because he felt like doing it. My point is... Continuously. Yeah. In a two-day span. My point is, he was so random about it. He was the... That's why, even if he did kill 20, 30, 40 people, possibly, they're never going to catch him because he was so random. He moved across the country. He had different... Just like in the movie, he said, have a different... Mo for each killing. Yeah, because if you uh, and I don't think he did that because he was smart. I just think he fucking found opportunities to kill people and whatever's in front of him, he used to kill them. Yeah. You know, well, we can at least say he was smart enough to you know that to most keep people guessing. A lot of serial killers probably do it for the fame. I don't think he probably cared about that. I think he was just so messed up that he just had no compassion towards anything and just yeah. would kill people mm-hmm. that. Well, he was like, definitely smart enough to know how to not get caught because he was like teaching Otis and shit too. Well, it's like the it's like the movie, right? Where he's like, "Yeah, I stabbed my mother, and then I shot her." Like well, I thought you said you stabbed her. Oh yeah, <laughs> I did stab her. So Otis Elwood Tool, we're going to talk about him now because he's part of this story. Uh, He was born in Jacksonville, Florida in 1947 and came from a background similar to that of Lucas. However, where Lucas's mother was a trash whore prostitute, (laughs) this guy's mother was an abusive religious fanatic. Uh, So she was the mm. opposite end of the spectrum. Which is worse. Mm. He claimed that he'd been sexually abused by his own family after coming out as gay at a young age. He also claimed that his grandmother had been a Satanist who had taught him self-mutilation and grave robbing. Now, I, I can see the religious part and him coming out as gay, but I don't see this grandma being a Satanist and all that stuff. I think that's probably far-fetched. He was estimated as having an IQ of only 75. I think I switched those backwards. I think he had the 75 and Lucas had the 70. Eh. He was potato, also, potato, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> He was also diagnosed with dyslexia and ADHD, which I think is full of shit because they didn't have ADHD as a diagnosis in the 70s and didn't come out until the mid-80s. I looked that up just because I have ADHD and I didn't get diagnosed with that in the 70s. I had hyperactivity disorder, which is part of the ADHD. But anyway, potatoes, potatoes, once again. He frequently ran away and was a serial arsonist at a young age being a pyromaniac. It is uncertain how he got around between 1966 and 1973, but is believed he made a living through panhandling and male prostitution. 
As he hitchhiked around the American South, he was a prime murder suspect on different occasions, but was never arrested by anyone. After Lucas left with Becky Powell, Tool allegedly began his career as a serial killer. So he, by his own admission, says later on in interviews that they killed people together. But then now he says that once he left him with his niece, he became an actual serial killer at this time. On January 12th, 1982, he locked a man named George Sonnenberg in his house and set the building on fire, killing him. After being arrested on April 1984, he confessed to more murders and was convicted of six or three. <laughs> Sources vary on how many I'm sorry, actual what? convictions he had, including the death of Sonnenberg. See, that's six the thing. Six or like, three. <laughs> like, there are records. You could just Stop look that. it up, you would think. But... Six or three, depending on what you read. Like, I read it one, six. I, I put what six in three? there, but then I like read another one that said three. So it was like, what the fuck? Another murder for which he was convicted was the shooting of Ada Johnson, 19, in Florida. One murder he claimed responsibility for. She ate a Johnson? Is that what you said? She ate a Johnson. Uh, he claimed responsibility for was an attack on a massage parlor during which two women, one of whom died, were stabbed and set on fire. Because another man had been convicted of the murder, the prosecutors didn't accept his claim, and Tool withdrew his confession. And he said, quote, okay, if you say I didn't kill her, maybe I didn't. Unquote. <laughs> Who's to say for maybe certain? Maybe I didn't. <laughs> maybe Who's to not? say? I killed her. No, you didn't. All right, you're right. I didn't. You're right. Among his alleged victims was six-year-old Adam Walsh. Dun, dun, what? Dun. Yeah. Like the Adam Walsh? The Adam Walsh, who was asphyxiated to death in Hollywood, Florida in 1981 after disappearing from a mall. Only the head of the body was recovered. Though Tool, according to his niece, claimed responsibility for the murder on his deathbed in 1996, he was never tried for it. Now, I looked into this. John Walsh actually believes this guy probably did it. There's no, no actual shit. evidence of it, but he believed... With the timeline and where that guy was killing at the time and his abuse of young boys, uh, that he might have done it. Um, serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer, who was living in Miami Beach at the time and later known or later became known for sexual crimes against children and for decapitating his victims, also was a suspect in that crime. So, I mean, 200 plus serial killers in the world at any given time. Over a hundred here in America. Could have been anybody, really. If you think about it. Uh, in 2008, Tool was officially named the killer by Florida police, though his confession has met with some skepticism since Tool and Lucas claimed responsibility for so many other murders that were linked to them. I think they just want to close the case. I don't think they fully closed the case on, on Adam Walsh, but they came out in 2008 saying they think Tool did it. So... That's all I got on Tool. I didn't want to go crazy into his story because this is more about the Henry Lee Lucas story. But Tool was just as bad. I he, mean, was yeah, he was a tool. He was a major tool. tool. He was horrible. These, you know, Henry Lee Lucas, though, <laughs> raped corpses. Tool said he cannibalized the corpses with barbecue sauce. <laughs> so, I don't what? know. I got to say, I agree with Wells. I don't know how close oh, sorry. the sorry. movie interpretations were to the real people, but in the movie, movie Otis, 
I think creeped me out way worse than Henry. Hell yeah. He was just the worst. Yeah, movie Otis was way worse than Henry. He, I don't even know. I don't even know how to describe it. He was just awful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they both were obviously, but Henry in the movie was more methodical. Right? True. True. He was more methodical. He thought about things. He seemed more evil. And he almost like taught Otis how to do this, obviously. Right? He showed right. him. Oh, yeah. Otis was shocked at first, but then he got into yeah. it. Yeah. Otis was scared to get caught and everything. And yeah. Henry's like, you know, I've done this for I know how to stash the bodies and lay them and get away with this shit. I do got to say, Henry, that man was a master at snapping a neck really quick. <laughs> He was like the Chuck Norris of neck snapper. I was thinking he was like a Eagle Force Six or whatever it is from Key and Peele, where he's going uh, around <laughs> snapping the necks. You know, like barely touching people, and they just <laughs> <laughs> snap indeed. <laughs> so anyway, <That> was, <laughs> I didn't know how far you were going. I was going to say that's impressive, but I was what the hell did he stab that TV salesman with? Yeah, like, like, like a plug or something. It was like a it was plug, some, maybe. It was some kind of electrical. Like I thought, I thought it was like an electrical, like one of those things that you like test electricity. Oh uh, like yeah, tester. to light up. But I don't see how that shot because he like jerked like it was shocking him. Yeah, well that's why I thought maybe it was a soldering iron because it would have burned. Yeah, and it could have been a soldering. <laughs> maybe iron. not. Maybe not. He bust that TV over that thing. I thought it was it. like a. Television cord of some sort for some reason, and then he, he like takes the it? television and smashes it over his head. And he's like, "Plug it in." Yeah. <laughs> what was that, Michael? Plug it in. <laughs> I mean, it, it definitely looked like a rod with a handle. Yeah. And then it had a cord coming out of it, but it looked like whatever was sitting on that so, desk. It was we, like, were you guys glad it got stabbed? We that guy was being a dick for no reason. Yeah. I mean, yeah. How much is this TV? Oh, you stupid! It's fifty dollars. <laughs> I mean, he almost lived through that situation. Yeah. If he just shut his fucking mouth. Sometimes you gotta know when to shut. Well, we gotta have up. it in color. It's gotta be in color. Yeah, we, that was kind of like dickish we, on their part. I will say because they they go through that whole rigmarole of how much is it? Well, we gotta have it in color. All right, give me the fifty dollars. We I do have to make a comment though. Electronics. We we always bitch nowadays about inflation. Yeah. Electronics back then were fucking high <laughs> for mm. what you got. You know, that 19 yeah. inch color TV that was like four or 500 bucks. That'd be like a, like a 48 to 50 inch now. Flat yeah. screen. Well, Otis shouldn't have kicked his old TV, dumbass. Yeah. That's right. Otis, what'd you do that for? So what you, the the real serial killers. Though, let's go back to them before we start t- talking about the movie. My opinion: they both had messed up childhoods. Mm. It's usually, they I both guess. were definitely affected by things in their past. Mm-hmm. And you do that and traumatize the wrong kind of people that have low IQs already. Yep. Something's gonna snap. And things are not going to turn out well. I don't even think Snap is accurate because they never even knew what a normal life was like. Yeah. I mean, that was just, they never even had any sort of normalcy. They just were, this was life to them from having sex with animals and and treating people like shit. Violence was just part of everyday life. Yeah. Violence and sex. Yeah. I mean, not always with people. (laughs) 
It seemed like Henry Lee was like not. kind of the brains of the operation, if you would say that. But he's the one that kind of didn't get caught as quick and led people around. And I don't know. He got caught for, like you said, more mundane things like robbery and. Yeah, it seems like that's usually how guns, it goes. Stuff like that. I don't know. It's a tragic. I don't know how many he actually killed. He got convicted of six, I think. But Otis I, Otis had a bad story, too. I think he's one of the more effed up serial killers we've talked about on the podcast so far. Possibly the most. I don't know. What you and I don't think. even know like if his crimes are the, as bad as... Well, not His the crimes childhood. themselves. I'm just talking about him as a oh, person. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His crimes. No, no, say, no. That's not fair. We haven't got the wills yet. No, the crime. <laughs> I mean, will. the crimes. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm just talking about him as a person. Yeah. Sad. It's definitely a tragic story. So let's go back to the film. Or let's start talking about the film. What you, would you guys think of this film? You're a fan. I know. I was surprised. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Have you seen up. this before? He's like watching this like no, first hmm. time. Like I've seen this movie multiple times, and that sounds creepy me saying that because now I feel like I'm in the category with you, Wells. But <laughs> Wells, Portrait of a Serial Killer. This Welcome is to the actually show. one of my favorite like serial killer films because it's so. Besides the head snapping, it's so accurate to the way serial killers are random. You know what I'm saying? Is like, that true, Ian? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I... I tell you what really messed me up with this movie is like, just from the jump, when you see that, that hooker with the bottle like, stuck in, in her face. face. That was messed up, man. And the like, audio of their struggles. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, what did Means get me into right now? It was a really disturbing kind of movie. And, and the juxtaposition between his normality of getting coffee... Of doing this, doing that, going to spraying, work, spraying yeah. for bugs at, at his work, and the serial killing like after effects, like it just kept on going back and forth between the two at the beginning of the movie. And I don't know if you noticed this, and I haven't seen this directly, but I've heard about it. The very first shot is a mirrored shot from Psycho when she first gets killed, and it does that thing from her face or her eye and like pans around. And goes in a circle with the girl that's laying in the field or in the woods. The very first shot is that, but it's like a trashy version of that shot, right? Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of like he's hearkening to, you know, hey, you've seen this kind of shit before. This is a serial killer. Yeah. But it's trashy and modern and like real gritty almost. Mm -hmm. I mean, this film was dirty. Oh, yeah. I felt dirty watching this film. Mm. Like it, especially in their apartment. Felt kind of real. They show him at the beginning being like this polite, nice, normal guy. Yeah. And he's in, he leaves he's in and this one. Yeah. And then also the, you see the these two waitresses that he's killed off camera and you're like, okay. So that's just part of his normal everyday life. Want to go down here, buy these lottery tickets, a couple donuts, kill a couple waitresses and I'll be on my or way. Or the girl that he like watched in her car and followed home. Yeah. And he didn't like kill her right away, but then he went back later. Like, was that like the that one was... that he like wrapped the telephone cord around her neck? Was it? It might have been. I just remember she had the family, and he went, and he was gonna probably kill her, but then he saw like the husband come out, and he left. But then I think they came back later and killed her. 
Uh, right? It was her and the her and the kid. Like the whole family. That. Yeah, that was the most notorious scene, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote because that's what they videotaped, that. wasn't it? Was that the yeah? Mm-hmm. So it ref- the the cool part about that scene is we're watching it, and then when it pulls out, you see that it's on TV, and they were watching it. So almost like they were like scouting themselves or something. What the director did with that was genius because it was just like what Halloween did with putting us in the serial killer's point of view and making us complicit to the killings. What does that say about us about wanting to watch this violence? Right. So it was kind of a cool, like double thing to where it was like, we're watching the violence. We're sickened by the violence, but we're watching it. And then it pulls out and they're watching it as well. And you're like, what the fuck? They're watching their own violence. Rewinds it. Puts yeah, it Otis wants to watch it again. Falls Sick asleep bastard. watching it, right? And so it's like, those are, that's what real serial killers do. They really do that. They take mm. trophies. They watch these things when they tape them. They take pictures and go back and look at them. Game film. And so like, but we watch this, so it's like it blurs the line between reality and fiction yeah. at this point. And I thought that was a genius. I wrote something about that because I thought that was a genius scene to where he was wanting to rewind it and watch it over again. And we're literally watching this movie of them watching their movie. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of grotesque. But at the same time, it's poignant because what's that say about our society that we're watching this? I don't know. I had to for the podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I also like the randomness of it. I wanted to bring that up because real serial killers, especially ones that get away with serial killing for a long time, as opposed to a spree killer, either they plan it out or they're so random that they don't you don't see those MOs. See, that was one thing that I thought I don't want to say it was weird, but it like I was thinking about that too because he wasn't smart. Obviously, we talked about that. Or, well, the real person wasn't. I don't know how smart he was supposed to be in the movie. But, like, he wasn't meticulous or plain. He just did it, like, on a whim. But, yeah, he never really got caught or did anything to, like, cover up his crime. I mean, he did a little bit. But, like, he just would kill someone and then just kind of go about his day. And But, but he explains that mm-hmm. with yeah. the M.O. thing to right. later. Yeah. And I know it was like, like... if you do random things, they can't pin it to one person. Yeah, and maybe that's what made it creepier. the killer has creepier. the same M.O. That's when he was talking about yeah. M.O.'s. yeah. And I did like that. That's what I was telling you earlier when I told you that I wasn't really liking it. I didn't really care for it, but it was definitely clever like that, for example. Do you didn't care for the movie at all? Uh no. Overall, like it was it was okay. It was it wasn't horrible. Like, it's I was not a it was great like movie. It's not a great film movie. Yeah, like it's it's it was decent. It was a decent watch, but overall I wasn't really a big fan, but I did like certain aspects of it, like the cleverness of you never once, never once see this task force that you were talking about. You never once see anybody actually doing a fucking investigation about any of this. Right? I read some trivia about that very thing that the director intentionally did not want to put police in the film because he didn't want to create that like safety buffer that people feel. Like- I like the fact that they just focused on that. They didn't show cops going to the crime because it was unnecessary because he explains later the MO part was... It was kind of fucked up. They were sitting there watching those two people stab that homeless person. They're just videotaping. He's like, all right, see, Otis, what you want to do here? (laughs) So he's telling him, he's like, yeah, um, cops look for the same MO. And Otis, of course, has no fucking idea because he's an idiot what he's talking about. And he says, 
if you shoot somebody twice, then they're going to connect those two. Well, I want to shoot somebody. He's like, well, you can't shoot him, you idiot. Just don't use the same gun. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. So they don't connect the two crimes. So it, the writing I thought was brilliant in that aspect. And Henry, like you said, showed some bright spots of actually being a smart enough guy to get away with it. Um, there were some silly parts that kind of made me laugh. And I was just like, oh, it's kind of silly. Um, one of those things is like um, when Otis was like, well, Henry, I can't leave and go across town. That's against my probation. You've been selling <laughs> weed. You've stabbed and murdered multiple people. <laughs> You've tried to rape your own sister several times. Come on, get your brother a beer. Get him a beer for me, your poor old brother. So I'm just like, I hate thought, that guy. I thought it was funny. That's where he drew the line. He's like, well, I can't go across town, Henry. <laughs> he was successful in that raping his sister, unfortunately. That's, yeah, that was, that was a messed lot. up scene. Yeah. Uh, do you think if he wouldn't have raped her, if Henry would have stayed with her? Or do you think Henry was just so non-emotional, like he had no attachments, he would have killed her anyway? Henry well, was well, why would he thing? have jumped in and like saved her then? He would have just like been like, eh, and left. I mean, I just don't understand. Like It's like he, he, he saves her. her, and then she tells him she loves him, and he says, well, I guess I love you too. And then the very next scene, I'll she's in a too. suitcase. Mm-hmm. Actually, I figured that out, why he kills her. I think he liked her, and I think he could have possibly loved her, but I think where he drew the line was, when he was in the bathroom, she picked up his guitar. Ooh. And he was just like, nobody touches Stella. Which was his guitar that he killed somebody for. Yeah. The hitchhiker. Whoa, 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 whoa. You got to go. So, I I asked earlier about... uh, I think he he just didn't want emotional attachment. I asked earlier about Becky's, like, death, like, why it was so much different from the real story. So also like her character, that was different from the real story too. Like she's Otis's um, sister, sister in the movie, but it was his niece in real life, right? Yeah, but thank she God was, they changed. She was that. ten. Yeah, they couldn't have done that. I guess they yeah, could have. Oh but, God, that would have been way too. Yeah, much. I mean, just like the relation, though. Why change the relation? Yeah. I don't know. I think uh, it made it Otis creepier. That they were like closer in age, and that would have been his niece. That's my assumption. I think it made Otis creepier Maybe. that it was his sister. I mean, it would have been creepy either way. But You're having sex with your sister. Yeah. Well, like even from the day she showed up, he was talking about like telling her to like change her shirt and like dance naked because he kept referencing how she used yeah, to dance so she, naked. Yeah, she was kind of weird too because they like gave her that shirt and she could have walked away. She could have went anywhere. Well, yeah. She fell in love with a serial. She's like, uh, don't look. But it also said, like, her dad raped her yeah, she, multiple times, and he probably was in the room sure, and saw a, it. That's a T-Pain song, right? I'm in love with a serial killer? <laughs> I think so. So that was another thing, too, how she was just like, so, Henry, how are you doing tonight? Can't be half as bad as my childhood when I was raped by my father. And he's like, well, that's funny because my mother used to dress me in a dress. I was like, why are these people over fucking sharing right now? <laughs> They've known each other for 28 seconds. Are you going to do the dishes? My mother used to make me do the dishes right before father came in. Nobody else thought that was weird, how they just immediately went into those fucked up stories. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're fucked up people, so not a whole lot. I think she started liking him when she knew he was a killer. Going to, I don't feel like fucked up people would like have qualms about sharing weird 
fucked up shit. Yeah, that shit's fucked up to us, but it's normal to them. That's why I think they. That's why she started liking him because she he was effed up just like she was. Yeah, but I'm mm-hmm. just saying there was no build up between that. There was no. no like, hey, so do you like popcorn? There wasn't really any build up to much of this movie, which goes back to the randomness of it. It was kind of like a lot of the scenes even it's were like kind of random. Hour and twenty minutes. Hour and a half. There's no build up. Sure. It starts off with a dead body. Yeah. Which maybe that's why it was more disturbing and unsettling is because oh, it was random. There was the no part, real build up to it. The part that had me howling, like laughing really hard out loud, was how casually he just soloed his head off in the bathtub, just dumped it in the <laughs> sink. <laughs> he took that head off pretty quick. He's, He's done that a time or two. Yeah. He snapped the neck first. So let me let me talk about the legacy. Because I wrote this down specifically. The legacy of Henry is multifaceted. It opened the doors for a wave of serial killer films that handled the subject in a grounded, realistic fashion, such as Silence of the Lambs, 1991, David Fincher's film Seven, and Zodiac, 95 and 2007, and the less plausible but real-life serial killer-obsessed Copycat, 1995, among others. It helped jumpstart a new wave of independent films with a much tougher sensibility than the usual Hollywood fare of the era. It's Frank's pseudo-documentary style is a continuation of the style that the 70, from the 70s, but also a revitalization of it. Maybe most impactful of all was the lawsuit between MPI, which financed the film, and the MPAA over the film's rating, had a far-reaching consequence. When originally submitted for the ratings board, Henry received an X rating. The Kiss of Death for Theatrical Exhibition, even though it does not contain any more graphic violence than popular R-rated slashers of the period. When asked what cuts could be made to receive an R, the MPA replied that nothing could be removed, but the X was for Henry's overall moral tone. MPI sued. This eventually led to the ceremonial but essentially meaningless change from the X rating at the time associated with pornography to the euphemistic NC-17 that we now know. Mm. Rather than succumb to this, however, MPI released Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer on home video unrated, a move that allowed McNaughton's vision to remain intact while the film was also able to find an audience and become even more profitable. So it became profitable not in theaters, but on home video release. Also, did you mention earlier the movie Copycat? The movie copycat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that movie. You like that movie? I like that movie. Pretty good movie. It's a good movie. If you guys haven't seen it, watch it immediately. Henry remains a key moment for home video releases of unrated films and unrated versions of films to reach wider audiences. In a testament to the enduring power of this film, when Henry was resubmitted for the, to the ratings board for theatrical release in 2016, because they really? were wanting to take it and since it's such a cult classic, put it across American theaters, it still received an NC-17 30 years later after it's See, an that's initial weird, submission. that's weird, way worse movies out there. Way now. worse. Yeah, that aren't but I think that goes Natural back Board to... Natural Born Killers a few years later. Yeah. Well, I think that goes back to how creepy and realistic of a version this is. Like, it kind of affects you when you watch it. I mean... There's no style see, to it. I see some of the goofiness you're talking about yeah. and bad acting. I mean, some of the acting was pretty bad. Yeah. The shots were pretty plain. Color grading was horrible. But... What's what I say? That, it was really no, grainy. It kind of looked like it was like a late 70s, early 80s movie. And wasn't it 90? 91? 
85. Was it 85? 86. I don't know. Look it up. Somebody. I think it's 86, but I think I read it didn't get released until maybe 90. Okay, that's probably what I saw there. then. It makes um, sense that it was shot in there. But no, I agree. A lot of the other serial killer movies are kind of over stylized. This one doesn't have like any style. It's just very in your plain, face, plain. And that's yeah. It's almost like you're watching a documentary that they taped themselves. Dude, I just I don't know why I went into it with low expectations. I guess maybe just because it was an older movie, I wasn't expecting a whole lot out of it. But I really thought it was. Have good. you heard of this movie before? I have not. And wasn't it's it crazy? Like well, I've like I heard of this movie back when I was young. Like thinking this is a movie you're not allowed to watch. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like Evil Dead. When I first heard of Evil Dead, I was like, everybody was like, you can't watch this film. It's pretty bad. <laughs> and then I saw, you know, I mean, Evil Dead was cool, but it was cheesy. Yeah. But when I saw this film, I felt disgusted. It was like gross. Oh, yeah. Was this yeah. Michael Rooker's first film? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. I thought I. I wanted to throw in a Michael Rooker story because we've talked about him a couple times. Uh, I've seen him at least two cons, and when he does Q and A's, he takes the mic from the person that's emceeing that asks the questions, like "Thanks for holding my mic and doing your job," and then he just walks off, and he goes into the crowd and starts asking questions, and it's lively and fun. And like I asked him a question about like his MMA and stuff because he's a big MMA guy. Right. He comes up to me and starts talking to me and everything. It was it was a really cool moment, Michael. Michael like a is cool a dude. fucking cool dude. Yeah, he is. We love you, Michael. If you're it's his first movie. Okay. Okay. It is his first movie. He was in a TV series before that for one episode, but it is his first movie. The horror you know? I believe that. He looked like he was like 20 years old. He was good. And that guy that played Otis, I mean, creepy, but he was, guy. he was good too. That must, been, mean, that must mean he's a good actor because I hated him so much. I was I he's been too. in a bunch of other movies too. So. so happy to see him get stabbed in his eye and then... Henry just finished him off. Now, that's the one thing I had about this film that I didn't like. They could have the shot effects, that. They could have shot head. that one. That fake head was horrible. It was it was quick, though. It was too quick to run. All they had to do was have <laughs> have her show the, the metal comb end, right? Yes. And then a cutaway shot of the metal comb cut off, but her just going from a different angle into his eye and a flake, fake blood squib on his eye, you know, just doing that. And it would have looked better. Because it was really him. But they fucking spent money on a, a fake head, and that was horrible. The fake head looked bad. I could have made that fake head in probably under two hours. Yeah. Hey, this it was low budget best, back in the 80s, though. It was still satisfying for me to see Otis get stabbed in the eye. Yeah, but there were yeah. still some really good effects in the 80s. For example, like Poltergeist, the guy in the bathroom where there's well, a face was a low budget, off. though. Yeah, we're talking Spielberg budget versus... David, but that's what I'm David saying. But that's the Naughton point, or whatever. But that's my is. point. Like, if you've got that low of a budget, why don't you just do not like do the shot? Said. Yeah, yeah. yeah don't should've. do the shot. If you don't have the budget and you can't make it look, you always do in, in camera tricks work better. I mean, yeah. we did that on No Nawbone, and we had some pretty good special effects for Nawbone with in camera shit. Yeah. I don't know. I so let's say, let's, maybe let's go I was around. Just too excited in the moment because I don't really remember thinking like, oh, it just looks terrible. I'm just like, yes. Last stab the shit out of him. Last thought about the movie though, also something that I liked, the music. I thought the music was awesome in this movie. Anyone Kinda else? creepy. Any, very eighties. Yeah. Had that eighties vibe, but it was like intense and it actually made the scenes creepier unlike the director, Kennedy. The director like did some of that. 
He did the music. Yeah. I thought I thought so, the music was So really what do you good. think about the movie? About the story, the real story? Final thoughts. The real story is pretty messed up. And I like that they kind of took some of that and put in the movie. More than I thought after hearing the real story. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's a weird movie to kind of judge. Like I was saying earlier, Ian texted me earlier. He's like, did you like Henry? Or the, did you like Henry Portrait of Circular? I was like, no, well, I, don't I just know. asked how you felt about Henry. I wasn't even talking about the movie. Oh. I was just asking about Henry. How is he, by the way? Our buddy Henry? <laughs> Henry didn't make it. Oh, God. <laughs> Nobody Henry. asked me. He's like, did you like it? And I was He's like, in Ian's basement. Gone too soon. It's like, I don't know tricks. if I'd say I like it. That's a it's a weird movie to say that you liked it. Like it was well done because it was very disturbing and, and did what it was supposed to do. So I guess from that standpoint, I thought it was good. But did I like it? I mean, I don't know. You liked it. It was a good watch. I can't tell if you liked it or not. <laughs> did I like it? It was, it was well made. It was well done. Did I enjoy it, it was well done. <laughs> it I was think well it, done, but did I have a good done? I mean, that's like saying, do you like watching people just kill people over and over i was like well no but you don't like that that is literally what the investigation discovery channel is <laughs> yeah yeah and i watch it all the time i guess that's true but those are done more in like a like a more like, go torrance i he's cut me off <laughs> shut up he's playing the music uh the real story's fucked up i i've heard of this movie before and i knew it was based on a true story i did not know all of that about the story so it is intriguing to hear how fucked up um otis and henry actually were in real life and it kind of makes the movie make a little bit more sense for me but overall i don't agree with you on the music aspect i thought it was a little too cheese ball cornball but um at the same time i, I respect you're a cheese you, ball cornball that you <laughs> you like the music uh, it just was it was a product it was very 80s and i liked that about it it was very i, I just thought it was started. bad 80s personally like I, I like a lot of 80s songs casio so. keyboard can i say <laughs> me 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 ding 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 they hate that the salty critic over here so can i not <laughs> have a fucking like, opinion I'm just, <laughs> we didn't play our weekly did ian like it so did ian like it i love when those hands flare up like that <laughs> Just kidding. Go ahead, buddy. <laughs> a one through ten, I would say this is about a four to you. Five? Five? Wait, are we rating it? I, I was going to give it a five, five and a half. All right. That's not bad. It's not bad. I would give it a six and a half. Mm-hmm. So I'm not that much ahead of you. It's on the other side of the hill. So you think you think it could have been done better? How so? Like more realistic? The effect that you were talking about yeah. was pretty bad. <laughs> it wasn't necessary to show him sawing off the head. And then, like, putting him all in a bag and then dumping it in the river. I was like, what's the point of cutting it up if you're not going to put it in different locations? That's what I thought personally. Now, I've never murdered anybody and hacked them to pieces before. Wells, respect. But I just don't see the point. I I get it probably made it easier to carry. I also thought it was weird. He just dumped the suitcase right by the road. He didn't like take it yeah, out a little bit. It was just too. like right by the road in the left. daytime. Maybe he wanted her to be found because he actually did care about her. Well, wanting her to be found is one thing, but like risking, like he really risked himself being caught on that one. I don't like a couple I cars drove by. Know right? if he, he really doing. gave it. I think that's the point, though, of the randomness. He does not give a fuck if he gets caught. Probably not. Like in I real does, life, though. especially in real life, especially. I though. think he does though, because he even tells Otis, he's like, "Oh, you don't want to like risk getting caught. This is what you got to do. You got to do random things." 
Well, what's so more random than just putting a, a it is random, but it right also like for a man that like prided himself on like how like clever he was. It was just it's not like they had DNA and he even knew so what that was at that point. It could be safe to say that, that he was all they had was fingerprinting. Not afraid but at the of same being time, caught, like if if, if he if he puts it like right there on the side of the road and there's like bloody fingerprints on it, and he drives off, and then somebody like drives by and sees like what's that guy doing over there. And then later they put it on <laughs> a the free TV. suitcase. Sweet. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> or like it comes on like TV later, like oh, you know, because you can assume maybe she was stuffed in the suitcase. Yeah. yeah. So like if the press comes out and says like oh, there's a suitcase, and somebody says, oh wait a minute, I saw a man dumping that suitcase off on the side of the road. I just thought like after how like that one car goes smart by he and he was. like stops for a second he just puts his head down <laughs> he's like I just love how smart he was being for the rest of the movie that kind of threw it off yeah yeah personally. so five and a half you gave it a okay. six and a half what do you got well look as I wrote down my notes here the very first thing I put I'm glad you took notes buddy that, yeah, that shows commitment means those are notes for his real life plans <laughs> <laughs> I have to learn don't encourage him so the very first thing I wrote it down yeah, was make just it random. messed yeah. up because that's what I thought about this movie. I loved it. I thought it was a really good movie, but yeah. it was messed so up. So you would say it's messed up. <laughs> he made a note of that. Yeah. In case you forgot how messed up it was. <laughs> yeah. So if Ian's saying that, you know it's messed up. Well, I think that was about the point where I saw the hooker with the bottle in her face. I was just like, that's so about messed one up. minute in. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that was the opening credits. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I thought it was a good movie. It was a surprise for me. That's what I love about this podcast, because I feel like without it, I never would have watched it. And I'm glad I did. And I'm going to give it about a... I'm going to give it a good 7.5. Okay. Awesome. We're going up and up. 8.5 means? (laughs) I won't give it an 8.5. I'll I'll go 7.5. Okay. Uh, to eight, Trent, you never. I'll, I'll it. Go, would you give it? I give it a six and a half. Okay, I'll go seven and a half to eight. And yeah. the reason I say that is because of its influence. It's kind of like this Michael Jordan LeBron debate. Who's the goat? No, no, we're not going to get started on that. <laughs> Who killed more people between Michael and LeBron? Mm. <laughs> LeBron's killed my heart quite a few times. I think. Uh, I think this movie actually lends itself well to showing what the actual thought process of a serial killer would be. Like there's very little, you know, we see a lot of fucking movies and they're all good. Usually about serial killers that do all this fucking planning and saw and all that shit, you know, to where they extremely plan their stuff. And I don't think serial killers really work. Like life just doesn't work like that. You don't plan that shit out as much as you would think. Uh, I think a lot of it comes from randomness and bungling of the detectives and not making connections. And I think, and sometimes pure luck. I mean, think about these two instances in the movie. This is something we haven't talked about. The woman with the dog, yeah, oh yeah, and the guy at the the store. How close? Because he was pissed and ready to kill that night. How close did they come to a serial killer and not get killed, and we'll never fucking know it. So, so my point is like the randomness of his, not only the randomness of his killings, but 
these people will now go through their lives not knowing for sure how close they ever were to death. I mean, he was ready to kill that woman with that dog for sure. You could tell. And then well, he, he decides not to. The alley. Yeah. He decides not to. Oh, he yeah, just turns he around and walks away. Hardcore. And I, my whole point is that to me is what life in America and life in general is about. Like all the shit that we go through on a daily basis. We don't know when we're going to go to a 4th of July parade and some motherfucker is going to show up with a fucking AK or not an AK, an AR-15 and start fucking shooting people. We don't know that. We don't know when our day is coming and how random it is. And that, to me, that's the scariest part of this movie. And it put it in the movie how scary that is. Because it's like, this dude, even though he kind of has a plan, he's fucking random. And those people will never know how close to sweet death they they came. And we are on that every day of our lives. We go into work every day not knowing some somebody's going to come into the courthouse or the school or or fucking Verizon cuz I'll fucking <laughs> if I don't get some service soon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's the well, scary know, part. Of, me. That's the scary part about this shit. To me is like those people did they put that in the movie? They didn't have to add those two scenes. No. But they did, yeah. and that gets you fucking thinking now, right? You didn't, you didn't even think about those scenes that much. Those you were thinking about those other scenes. The, the uh, scene with the woman and the dog in the alley, I thought about that a lot. Yeah, and that's fucking scary. That was a tense scene, and so that's why I give this movie a seven and a half to eight and a half. You know, because it's like it affects. It's like it's like the goat of serial killer movies. This movie affected all the movies that came after it. Yeah. Now more of they're more stylized. Silence of the Lambs, more stylized. Any, any of those movies we talked about copycat Zodiac seven, they're more stylized. Definitely. But this is the real shit. This is the way real life hey, happens. You throw a mask on that guy. And I feel like people would throw him up there and all the conversations. I, I believe they should anyway. Hey, I believe this is one of the ultimate serial killer films just because of the way it's fucking based in reality. The tagline sums it up. Let's hear it. He's not Freddy. He's not Jason. He's real. Is that real? It's on the poster. It's a tagline it on really? the poster, yeah. <laughs> wow. That's cool. I don't know. That's all I have. I will plus definitely it, be watching this movie again. it fucked us up with the NC-17 rating. Uh, it kind yeah. of fucked us up. I can promise you that. We have a lot of those now. Oh, well. Right. I'm over 17. I could watch any of them. It's true. Yeah. I don't know if it'll make it into my regular Halloween rotation, but I'll definitely watch this again probably soon. When you get arrested, it'll be one of your influences. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Why don't you just go and start thinking about, about he'll be playing you and the story of my... I don't want to die. Well, it depends. Are we alive or dead in the story? Wills? Well. I don't want to die. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Just so you won't be there. Tune in for next week's episode, (laughs) Wells' Portrait of a Serial Killer. (laughs) All right, that's all I have, guys. We do have uh, merch still out there. Check us out on our merch store. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok, very seldom. You run the TikTok. I do. I'm bad. put some stuff on there. We'll Mm -hmm. start putting more on TikTok. Uh, We do Do have a film festival coming up. October 21st and 22nd at the Ohio Theater in Madison, Indiana. And we've had over 700 submissions now, I think, uh, from over 66 countries. 
Uh, it's going to be a really cool film festival. You guys need to come into town. You can meet all of us. It's going to be amazing. Uh, both that. ends will be there eventually, hopefully doing the merch table. Oh, we'll be And in. Trent and I will be running around. <laughs> or at the merch table, we will sign autographs for you. Hopefully Wells will be on bail by all then. one of you. <laughs> yeah. If not, it'll just be me sitting People there with coming a picture of Are you the serial killer on the podcast? <laughs> well, yeah. Flash those saucer eyes. He's like, I am the horror yeah. you know. Just don't tell people. But you'll be able to buy buy some merch and stickers and t-shirts, and we're gonna sell Gnawbone again. We can get some copies of Gnawbone. Never die. Gnawbone's <laughs> a film we made back in 2016. It's really cool, unreleased. Um, will Gnawbone himself be down there? Gnawbone will be down there. Awesome. Uh, we What's have all kinds of him? horror people, <laughs> uh, different people playing characters. We're gonna have some cool trivia, and there's gonna be a band. Uh, what are they called? New the Milky Slits? Are they gonna be there? They're booked. I wish they were. Maybe they next were year. We're gonna be busy. The band is called the Newly Deads. The Newly Deads. The mm-hmm. Newly Deads will be there playing live. Um, and there's a costume contest, so you know maybe you could win some stuff by dressing up really cool. Uh, we'll have a little bit of trivia there, and it's gonna be a fun time. So that's called the Horror at the Ohio. If you want to check to that out on Facebook that and on the Instagram, you know, social media. Yeah, definitely. Um, but anyway, that's that's what we got. So we will talk to you later. I'm Darren. I'm Ian. I am also Ian, and I'm Trent. And <laughs> we are out of here. So say, stay spooky. Oh, say it, Trent. Stay spooky. Why don't you turn into Don Knotts? <laughs> <laughs> And Say it like Michael Rooker. Stay spooky out there. So now is the time to let. It's after he smokes his two packs. What kind? What the fuck do you?